1: Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch.
3: top of the morning to you. This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. You're listening to 94.9 Main FM and I'm Sarah Bignall. This is the community radio show where we bring you the latest on Yowie research in Australia and we delve into the endlessly fascinating realm of Bigfoot, Sasquatch and cryptozoology from here and around the world. We also go into all sorts of mysterious, weird stuff, paranormal encounters and UFO sightings. You name it, we go there. This is a community radio show, which means you're all part of this Yowie Central and the Main FM community. You're all welcome to contact me if you've had a Yowie encounter or you've had freaky experiences in the bush with orbs or UFOs or anything else kooky and spooky. Get in touch with me via yowiecentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group if you have a story to share. Massive warm thank you and shout out to all of you who subscribed to Main FM during our Radiothon last week. I can't tell you how much it means to us here at Main FM. The first two people to subscribe to Yowie Central were Paul, who subscribed as a passionate subscriber, and Graham, and they are the lucky winners of the Yowie Central Caps. I'll get them to you as soon as I can once lockdown is lifted and we can move around and I'll, I'll get them in the post to you. It was so much fun doing a live show for a change. I usually pre-record the show in my home studio and I could not have done a live show last week without my gorgeous co-host, Main FM's very own Glenn Williams, And also big thanks to my two guests, AYR's Dean Harrison and Yowie Central's Jesse Turner. Thank you both. You're awesome. And shout out to Steve Futo, who I had a lovely chat with when I was helping out in the Main FM office, taking subscriptions the next day after the show, and he was telling me how much he enjoyed the show. Steve, you're a legend. Thank you. Thanks for subscribing to Main FM. First up this week, we're looking to the skies and I'm bringing you an interview I did recently with a woman who had a very frightening UFO encounter where she and her family were followed in their car for seven hours one night by uh, an unidentified aerial phenomena, a UAP. And guess where it was? None other than the Piligar area of New South Wales, which if you're not familiar with that area, it's about 3,000 square kilometres of spooky scrub and bush where lots of strange things happen. I've interviewed several people who have had Yowie encounters and sightings along that Newell Highway, which runs through the middle of the Um and we can't forget the terrifying Hickey's Falls uh, sighting which you can listen to on the Australian Yowie Research YouTube channel. But first up, here is Lorraine with her UFO story.
4: It was when our kids were little and we used to travel at night down because we come, I, we live in Queensland now and we come from Ardlethan and my husband come from West Wola. And we used to go home and visit the family, so it was like a 13-hour drive. Yeah, we'd left after my husband finished work one one night to head down. It would have been a Friday night. And it would have been, just trying to remember it all, when it was exactly. It would have been around 88, something like that.
3: About
4: 88, yeah? Yeah, 1988. So that's how long ago it was. And, and
3: was, was it in near the Peeligo, wasn't
4: it? Yeah, it started around – my husband said it sort of started after Moree. I think it was Moree. Mm-hmm. And then we went through – right through to Ardletham that night to the West Wild, right like through to West Wylong. And I'm pretty sure it sort of finished on daylight when we were just coming past. And I seem to remember my auntie's turn off, which was Alina. I don't know if you know that area. Um, it's on that Newell Highway. It's a turn off between West Wyalong and the Rule. I think that was sort of the last place we saw it. It was sort of hovering beh- beside us most of the way that night. I thought it was a m- massive star because I was going to sleep looking out the window. And I said, no, there's- God, those stars are big and bright. And then we heard people talking on the two-way. There were truckies talking about lights and the hills and stuff. And then and then they said in the white, you in the white station wagon, have you got your ears on? And we looked behind us and he said it's right behind your car. And our car started playing up. <laughs> you know, it was oh it was awful. It's really scary. Anyway, it was behind us, and then it just followed us. Yeah, for the rest of the way. And it just sort of was just over the trees, it disappeared when you went through towns, and get back through, and it appeared again. And it was just on the side, it was going up and down. It was like an overly shape, like just a light. Are you there?
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. I'm, oh, try, I'm, try, I'm trying, I'm not to interrupt you.
4: <laughs> yeah, as so I'm remembering it all, but yeah, just,
3: yeah, come, just tell me as much detail as you can remember. And, well, that's yeah, the main,
4: the main things that I can totally remember, and um, yeah, and I, it's just been going along the trees, and was saying. You know, my husband and I were trying to work out, like, what it could be, like, you know, could it be a helicopter or could it be, you know, what, you know, how it was moving and all that sort of stuff and it was going up and down and then, you know, it did this weird thing, went straight up in the air and then straight back down and my husband said, that's no helicopter, there's no way that's a helicopter and we told Joss's mum and everybody about it when we got down to New South Wales. And the next day they got the papers and they said, oh, we know what you saw. And they said there was um, all these people rang in all over right, at, right through to Victoria overnight with you about UFOs. And they said, oh, it was a big um, meteor shower. And we said it wasn't a meteor shower because it actually followed us.
3: So it was an oval shape rather than a round shape.
4: Yeah, well, when it got closer to us and it was like coming on daylight – you know how the light sort of fades? It wasn't a bright, shiny light. It was like a silvery light. Then it, and then it was more sort of like it, it sort of looked a bit overly before it disappeared. And as it got daylight, it just disappeared.
3: The colour was a white silvery Like colour. a
4: white silvery colour. Like I could just sort of picture it out as it was coming daylight. You could sort of just see it. It didn't look as bright like a star when it first started. I thought it was a big star. But it got closer to us and it started going along beside us. and It was going up and down with the trees. It was weird.
3: So when, when it came close to you, how far away are you talking?
4: Well, it seemed to be like going as fast as the car was going alongside us and it was got quite low to the side of the car where we could see it, like, a tele, like high as a telephone pole or something. Toward daylight, it was just going along beside us, going up and over trees and then down again didn't flash lights or anything like that. I can't remember any flashing lights on it, just one big bright light at first and then it's sort of like a silvery white sort of domed thing.
3: It has to be strange for the truckies behind you to radio you and and say so we're I know. <laughs> are you saying this? Thinking, because what are they
4: to- talking about? Like yeah. at first we could hear them discussing it between themselves – at that, they were, I reckon it would have had to have been the hills around Gilgandra or something because they were saying, what are all these lights in these hills? And they say, have they got UFOs out here and, and they're going on which way? And then they started talking between themselves which way it was head, started to head. And I, then I'm looking at a star. The next thing, the truck is saying, you in the white wagon, have you got your ears on? And my husband said, yeah, why? They said, that light that's coming right behind your car, it's following you now. And they kept talking. We don't. We didn't even see the truckies. We just heard them.
3: Right. So they were fair. They were a fair way behind then.
4: Yeah. Well, they could have been in the other direction too. We were heading the opposite way. I think. Ah.
3: Oh, okay. Got yeah.
4: So they've seen us come and then they've seen it go. That they, they must have been watching it going around the hills and stuff. So I reckon it would have had to be the hilly part of the trip. It would have been sort of like Gilgandra and all that sort of place longest I've ever stayed awake for. Yeah.
3: I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, it would have made you really on edge. So the kids the I just kids felt were like we, and... our
4: minds were being read. Like it yeah. was weird. Yeah.
3: Describe that feeling to me. What 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 was going on in your mind?
4: Well, I just felt like why is it following us? Is it reading our minds? Are we gonna die? And when the car started going I'm thinking, Oh shit, you know, we're gonna die. Because <laughs> no. I've heard of those stories where cars go, you know, like all crazy and yeah, it was going to get taken up in it a lot. And, and but,
3: so, yeah. you, and your car. So, tell me what happened there. You said it was starting. Well, my husband's
4: up. a mechanic, like, and he said, "Oh, it's because it started." And I said, "Oh my God, we're all going to die." He's like, "Calm down." <laughs> and um, he said, "It's it. You know, the electricals all started going, uh-huh. and we pulled over, and he got out and and did something. You know, and and it went again. So it just it never happened again. It never happened before that. Never happened after that." Something to do with all the electric electrical started going. The car started making all this shuddering. Whilst this thing was while the
3: thing's behind you, was it when it was closer to you?
4: No, it was further. Like I think he thought it was fairway. Then I don't know. That was toward the start of the whole thing when we started to realize what was going on.
3: And there were no other colours in it. Just the just the white silvery
4: yeah white silvery colour. Isn't it like a star? Like looking at a star. But it then as it got closer to us and it was around like going beside us in the trees, it just looked like like a bit of an ovaly shape, like a football.
3: So how how long? So you said from approximately Maury to West Wylong, how long how long's that?
4: Seven hours. About seven that? hours.
3: Far out. You yeah, must have been like, so anxious. My husband, what the hell is that?
4: Because it takes us like we get home on daylight, which is six, seven o'clock in the morning if we leave. We would have left at about five o'clock. Probably in the afternoon, so yeah. it's a twelve thirteen hour trip. So,
3: and did you stop? Were you stopping along
4: the way for fuel? And we we would have had to stop for fuel, but when we got into the major places, we didn't see it.
3: But then, when you when you left the major places, it was there yeah. again.
4: Yeah,
3: like it had been waiting for you or something. <laughs> <laughs> I about that, but How it just freaky.
4: seemed weird. Like, yeah. yeah. But um, that was our story.
3: Have you ever had any UFO experiences before or since?
4: No, no, not really. I've heard of them from, you know, other people. But no, no, I don't think so.
3: And you had your kids in the car?
4: At that yeah, they were like three. Babies. Very, mm.
3: very interesting. And you don't have, you didn't notice any time, missing time?
4: No, no, I checked that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Any weird scars or anything like that? <laughs>
4: no, nothing, nothing like that. It was just weird. Yeah, at the time, but mm.
3: yeah, it would have been quite frightening.
4: Yeah, it was at the time, but yeah, we've told the kids. Like our kids still remember the story. Like it's gone through the family.
0: Like
4: <laughs> I said, tell us a story about that thing following you. The light. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. great. That's good. Yeah, no, it's gone through the kids. <laughs> and you don't, and you
3: don't have the um, the same interest in mysterious phenomena that your brother does.
4: No, he's uh, yeah, no, he just loves it. But yeah, no, he he actually rang me up and asked me about because he remembered it as a kid. And yeah, he rang me up and asked me about it and told me that um, about yowies and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. I, saw, I said, oh well, we're supposed to have yowies up here anyway. <laughs>
3: yeah, well, whereabouts in Queensland are you now?
4: Uh, I live at Plainland. Which is? Um, On the Warrigal uh, Highway, but near Laidley, halfway between Ipswich and Toowoomba.
3: Oh, yep, yep. Okay. Right, yeah, there's yeah. lots of Yowies out there.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, you've got Mulgowie, and I was telling Russell about that. There's Yowies out there. Well, so they say. And I remember when I was really young, oh, not really young, but um, a young mum, my sister knew these two ladies, and they were telling her that they had seen one at nine foot, Yowie out here at Glenelg Grove. I mm. found it a bit hard to believe because it's right in open area. But
3: Oh, you'd be su- you'd be surprised where we they get, where we get it, reports. We get reports from everywhere and from very strange places that are fairly close to the outskirts of major towns.
4: Yeah, so. well, there's no hills out there. It's just all crops. Yep, That's why I found it was a bit weird. Why would a Yowie be out there on the side of the road one?
3: What? Uh maybe just passing through that area. They probably wouldn't be hanging around too long. But I've had reports from open farmland where there isn't much bush around. There isn't much forest around. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And we, we had one up at um, Bellbird Grove, which is just outside of Brisbane. That's well, maybe about seventeen kilometres from the centre of Brisbane. Yeah, that was a two. That was a, a an eight foot. Uh, sorry, seven foot. Big one, and what we think is a juvenile, a little one, who was playing in a in a creek bed. Um, well,
4: these ladies say this was, thing was nine foot tall.
3: Yeah, no, I I've, I've, I've get reports from eight, up ten foot tall is fairly common as well.
4: Uh, well, the one that was seen at Maltowie after the was the Eker weekend, and it was the local t- doctor that owns all the doctor surgeries. His wife and the policeman's wife that were coming home with the kids in the back from the show and they reckon it ran across the road.
3: Yeah, right. So where was that again? Molgari,
4: Molgawi, Molgawi. Yeah.
3: Was that written up in the newspaper or something like oh, that? Oh,
4: God. Yeah, I knew about it because I worked out there at the time. Ah, okay. and um, knew who, the, who they were, but it was on the radio and it was on the newspaper. And they've got at the hotel makes the Yelp. Mulgowie Yowie Burger now or something. Oh, Yowie Burger.
3: The Yowie Burger, right. <laughs> <laughs> there seems to be more and more people trying to cash in. It's not quite as commercialised as the United States and Big. yet. They've got yet, big but...
4: hills there. They've got great big hills behind them all around that area, um, Thornton and Mount Berryman and Blandham Hills. So they're all huge big hills and that's why I reckon there's Yowie's up in there.
3: I'm just writing that down so I can look it up later. So it was the local, yeah. cop, it was the local copper's wife and who else?
4: I'm pretty sure it was like I know definitely it was a doctor's wife, um, Dr. Doctor Burrell, wife. yep. And I'm pretty sure it was the the policeman's wife with her. Wife. Yeah, Doctor Burrell. Doctor Burrell,
3: and it uh, did you say how tall it was? Did you?
4: No, they just said they were coming home from the show. Yeah, with the kids in the car. Yeah. And it ran across. It walked across the road in front of them. They had to stop.
3: Interesting. I don't know. I don't think I've heard that one, but I wonder if they've reported it to Australian Yowie Research.
4: I don't know, but it would. you could bring the Mulgaowee Hotel and ask them about the history of the Yowie. Yes,
3: that's a good idea. Because that's out
4: under the hills, um, if you wanted to find out more about that one.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. Good suggestion.
4: Because those ladies still live out there.
3: Oh, I'd love to talk to them. That'd be ace. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Give me a new lead. I'll, I'll follow that one up yeah. as well. <laughs>
4: yeah, that's good.
3: And that was Lorraine with her very frightening UFO encounter. You're listening to Yowie Central on
2: 94.9 Main FM. Say hello to a new era of mental health care.
3: who shares with us some of the high strangeness that's been going on there for him over the years. We're talking a dead kangaroo stored in a tree as though it was kind of like a kitchen cupboard storing meat for the next meal, a disappearing pig's head, bipedal footsteps and lots more. (laughs) Tell
5: me a story. Well, I've got a few. Look, um, we grew up in a place called Kennybry, um, which is um, the next stop is Robbie Garden Pilliga. Ah,
3: right.
5: All our, I went to a Baradine school, so I started off at Kennybry School when it was only small, but um, the, you know that was hardly anyone that lives in that town. But but um, all our all our. Um, like my father and his brothers, his father, his father before him and stuff like that. They're all sleeper cutters and log cutters for the buildings and railways and that, right through the pillager. So we'd be off and out there. My first job as a kid was, was um bagging up horse manure from the uh draft horses and they snigged all the all the logs up yeah, so right. they could lay them on <laughs> Yeah, so they could lay them onto the lorries and you know, they don't believe. My uncles and that don't believe. I've got one uncle that does. He, he's sort of on the fence. He had something scare the hell out of him there one day. And um, he's been cutting sleepers since he's been 14. He's 83
0: now.
5: Yeah. Yeah, so um, he's retired from that because the government started making um, concrete sleepers. So they paid them all out and and locked the forest up, like locked all the, made out of the National Reserve, National Park and that, you know. That was geez years ago. That was back, I guess, in the eighties. I think, what this late seventies, eighties. They did that. As kids, we would sort of we had slug guns in the early days, and then we had went up to twenty twos, and we just walked for miles trying to shoot rabbits and, and and shoot kangaroos and that, and take the legs off and for the dogs come home and, and boil them up and and give them to the dogs. So we often seen stuff that that were structures and different things, but we always put them down to being um, of Aboriginal um, habitation, you know, like different lean and and different stuff, structures and stuff that we'd come across over the time. And the you know, last thing you'd see, you know, um, or last thing you'd think of, especially as a kid, you know, no-one ever said anything, but, yeah, I was a nothing until it was later on. You know, there's there's mention of sand monkeys.
3: Sand monkeys.
5: Yeah, the sand monkeys will get you. You know, that was the only thing that was basically... Ever said to us, but you know we didn't take a think of that because you know we'd sort of chop down some trees and made a fort where where it'd be uh, sandy and, and and they'd say the sand monkeys would get you over there. And you're allowed to cut those trees down; they're protected, you know, like the pine trees and stuff. I think right. we didn't, we were never told that until after we did it, but <laughs> yeah, it sort of different places. So we've been like we'd, we'd chase goats, we'd chase goats right through the pillager of a night of a morning. I mean, we are catching 70 goats a day, you uh, know, dogs and that running through there. We didn't come across anything like any yowies or anything like they say. Or, and we'd spotlight through there. We'd drive the cars through there because we had a farm. We had a farm. We had nearly 4,000 acres in uh, the middle of the Apiligo there. And all around us was just um, National Park, you see. So the borderline fences stopped the National Park. So, I mean, we never, ever heard of any... Um, any, you know, any noises or anything like that at all. And, you know, the koala bears, you could hear them screaming out and that type of stuff because they were everywhere. But there's only one set we are out there shooting and my brother said to me, look at the footprints up, up on the uh, front of the gate. And uh, he said, they're really strange and odd. And, you know, we said to the uncle, he said, um, what do you reckon they would be?" You know, he described them and he said, oh, I could have a bit of draft horse or something or some sort of a draft, or, a wild horse with a broken front hoof or something, you know, and it just puts a different imprint. It looked like a three-toed type thing, you know what I mean? It was an emu. Moving on to my uh, my experience, the first one was we went fishing. Uh, we all went fishing. You know, with my brother, my, my mate, myself, and uh, my two uncles. And we um, – my, sorry, my dad and my uncle went down to a place called Pilligo, and we went down further. And we, we used to – we fished this property for years and years, like every – for, for, for so so long right um, and everyone did because we knew the property owner and don't let us on there because it wouldn't wreck the place we'd camp in the same spot that type of thing and we'd set lines in those days you could set lines in the river and, and walk for miles you might set 50 lines down you know because when you went fishing in those days if you caught fish you took it back to the whole whole town you know you'd give 10 to them or 10 to them or 10 to them you know what I mean oh
3: yeah right okay
5: So so you just didn't keep it for yourself yeah this particular time, the the river just rose a little bit, and it was a nemoy. I said to my brother, and my mate Aussie, I said, "You guys still coming around? He said, I said "No, mate, we've had enough. We've had enough fish here." I said, "Mate, they're on the bite. It's on the rise, you know." So I started going. I was I was about I'd reckon at least a good two mile away from camp, and. Um, it's it's yeah you know, it's pitch black and um I, I had to cut down the riverbank underneath a wattle tree and there was a dead pig there at one stage and just left the skin there it was just like a like a, a really smelly mess you know I sort of sort of crept past it and there was a nice flat section next to it and behind the actual wattle tree itself I put up I I set a, a set line and I got beautiful I got two beautiful cods there when I was when I was actually fishing that time so I'm down there and baiting it up I got the torch down so I can see them just baiting it and. uh I hear this uh, above the back. I can hear this in in all the dead leaves. I can hear this uh, bipedal steps, so, like crunch, 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 and stop. And I thought oh, Jesus, that's unusual. <laughs> you know that's not because uh, you know as I said, we used to go out shooting in the night with a sister torch just to get a kangaroo and cut the legs off and that for the dogs. So we couldn't tell what was what was what in the dark. You know we're never afraid of the dark. Anyway, I thought, oh geez, I all all the hair stood up, in my arms, and I thought, oh, Jesus oh, jeez, this is not right. So I, I, I sort of took it as, look, if whatever it was, it could have had me by now, because obviously, um, all day we've been throwing fish up, you know, the carp and that. We throw the carp up on the bank so they 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 don't kill the native fish. There's some big carp anyway, like you know, the foxes and all the birds and they'd get them and that sort of stuff. So I, I later on I thought, well, maybe this thing was just hanging around waiting for me to throw something up on the bank. <laughs> Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is what this is when later on when I thought about it because, anyway, I, as I came up the top of the bank, there'd been a, a tree falling over the actual fence and it burned out through the fire that they had there on stage. And instead of going right over the the, the the fence, I went, just walked straight through the middle of the guts of the burned out tree on the other side, keep going. I got to the, the line of where the fence was in the middle of the tree there um, where it had gone across the, the fence. And up further on my left, a part of the fence had rotted away and fallen over. So there was about three or four strands of posts and that, that had fallen over in the middle. I, I, I saw that during the day. Something trod on that because all the wire, the whole strands of wire went ding, like really stretched. And, you know, when they stretch really hard, they just make this ping and sound. Yeah,
3: totally.
5: <laughs> yeah, right. And I've gone, whoa. And I, I, I thought, no, there's no way I'm going to shine the torch up there. There is no way. All <laughs> right. So I, I just um, went and did the lines and walked back. Never have an incident. I never had an incident from there. Okay. So that was the only sort of incident I felt that I was being followed because of the bipedal steps that I, I heard on that riverbank. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and it wasn't and I've come across scrub bulls and and, and pigs and and sheep and, and different things of a nighttime all around there that have been wild but this was different
3: so describe that describe that feeling to me so you if you if you hear this ping of the 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 of the fence wire what was it that made you suddenly go oh, i'm not shining my torch over there at all like oh,
5: well because because there's no way that if it was a like um, it, it just felt just not normal. Like like it hasn't, because because the, the cumble uh, a cow would have been stumbling through through the through it all over the place at the night time. I mean they're not real savvy at night. It wasn't a kangaroo and nothing like that because it just <laughs> we just I just knew you know what I mean because the, the first up the bipedal steps up there in that dried out gum leaves on the bank that had been there. You can't hide that crunch. <laughs> no matter how quiet your time be, there's no way you can hide that. It's just, it's just made a crunch, crunch, and an echo because there was no wind no, and nothing, right? And the sound just multiplies down when it's quiet, and, there's, and and there's only you there. You know what I mean? There's nothing else. It was so quiet.
3: So there was quite a there was a, a second or two between steps.
5: Yeah. Yeah, this is why, I and all of a sudden I just felt, oh, this is uneasy. easy. But, uh, you know, okay, I've got a knife and I've got a big bucket and a torch and a bag full of fish. I mean, if, and I to myself, well, whatever's up there, if it wanted to have me, it could have had me. You know what I mean? Because obviously he'd been there watching what I was doing anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I thought, well, anyway, I made myself back to, um, back to camp. Nothing more of it. That was, you know, I was probably about 18 or 19 then. Anyway, move on to my uh, other experience, was um, we'd gone shooting at this place in mudgy, back of Mudgy there, and it's uh, on, on private land, and it's soil conservation land that's leased. And he's, this guy's got to do some, um, like, culling for any animals, for, uh, like feral animals and, and uh, toxic weeds and everything like that. That's his job. Sometimes he gets too busy, this farmer. He, he asks us up, and we'll go and do the shooting and get rid of all the hoxes and pigs and et cetera, right? Anyway, um, we, we stay in this old hut. Um, it's a beautiful place to camp, the best I've ever seen. Like an old homestead, that's the um, we used to stay in there about two miles away from there. It's, it's all beautiful creeks, freshwater creeks that, that flow around it, and flat plains. It's beautiful in a you know, valley, you know,
3: mm.
5: anyway. Um, about two mile away from there it is a dam it's up on the left hand side as you drive you got you every time you go across you got to cross a creek a freshwater creek so we cross the creek you go up and you turn to the left and that used to be the tennis court section when it when it was a thriving community before they kicked them all out of there and made it a dam so we drive along there and you come across a dam sort of halfway up on top of the bit of a hilly type thing cut away and um my mate and I, we, we walked up there this particular day, because we are walking around, we are looking for just pig signs for that night. So we walked up there, and, and we used to check out this dam, and we shot this place for 15 years, sometimes two or three times a year. I said, no, you know, go and have a look at this dam, and, and we'll check out to see if there's any pig tracks around. And for years and years and years, there's been a, a, an old tree there that's slowly rotten away, and it, it, they, they get that grey and dried out, right, that, that a, bit, a bit will crumble and crack. And it'll get small and finally just crack away. Anyway, this is like a half half semicircle that was left there near the near the dam. So that's been there for for years, you know, I said getting smaller and smaller. Any particular way, um, I look around and I said, Dude, come up and look at this. And I said, What's up? He said, Some buggers cut this piece of bark to fit straight over this this bloody log. Look at that, you know? So it was so it was like a skateboard half semicircle, right? The log. Yeah. And someone had, had it looked like it measured up the exact same distance and peeled off the bark to fit in like a, <clears throat> like a cooler, like a little, you know, pack. So I peeled it away and there's a dead buck kangaroo laying in there.
3: Oh, wow.
5: So he's just c- laying, laying in there. And, and this particular piece of bark was covered up for, over the front of it. So it looked like nothing else could see it or nothing else could get out. Of it. And Ian said to me, he said, "Mate, I don't feel real comfortable here." And I said, "I said I don't feel comfortable at all, Ian. Let's let's get out of here, you know." And, I said, and and just up on top of the hill, there was sort of a lot of blackberry bushes and stuff around that particular thing. And I thought, well, if someone's going to be hiding. It's going to be hiding up there or in that thing. You know what I mean? Around there, yeah. Because that's the right that's the right hide. You know what I mean? For someone to peel this bark off. Anyway, we went back to the farmer that he's um, and and told him and, and his son and because they lose it. And, and he said, look, we found this down there. And he said, oh, mate, a lot of times kangaroos will kick themselves into, into different places and it'll be unusual when you find them. And then he turned around and said, well, mate, look, after he's died, he's he's, he's got back up again and pulled the blanket over himself to hide himself. <laughs> he said, it's impossible, Cole. Not, you very, know, it, not it very
3: plausible, is it?
5: <laughs> no. And, and, and they said, oh, well, that's, you know, and I did have a camera, but I didn't have it. I thought, nah, stuff it, I'm going to leave it. Just leave it. Yeah, you know, I, I should have went back there and taken a photo.
3: 2020
5: <laughs> right? 20, 20
3: hindsight,
5: huh? <laughs> yeah, 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 because, you know, on this particular property, we were coming out there one night. We went down. We did a bit of mustering there for him one day, and we, he was getting some cattle, a few cattle. So we went down there, and on the way out, I'm on the back of the uh, land cruiser, see? I tapped it behind. I said, "Up here, look at the size of that pig up there. So we slowly went up, and I shot this pig. God, he's a big pig. It took three of us to lift him on the back of the tray on the, the trail of the cruiser. He He's a monster, man. Anyway, I, we took him home. I went up to we after that, load him onto another ute, and I went up to the back of his property and I cut the head off it, brought it back. I said, "If you got something, I can boil this, the tuss out of this pig." He said, "Yeah, I've got a have got a no gallon keg that's cut in half. Use that." So I just squeezed a head in it, right? Just how big it was. I just squeezed a head in, and he said, build a fire down there near the near the, near the machinery shed, and it's probably about um, 40, 50 yards away from the dogs. You had four or five dogs tied up down there, their own kennels and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just on the left-hand side of the machinery shed Just you go in. So I, 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 hours and hours I build this thing for. Hours and hours to boil away this to get the tusks so they'd come out. I'm talking, oh, I reckon, about eight or ten hours. This thing was just bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. Anyway, pulled them out, and Cole said to me, um, look, just just um, in the morning, he said, well, don't give the dogs any meat. Just give them the water. I said, no, no worries, mate. Everything I was home because we were having a few beers that night and catch up a few chats. Anyway, I will go out in the morning. The thing's gone. The whole, the whole head. The head has gone. And I went back in. I said, right, who's playing games? He said, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, who's taken the head out? And Richard said to me, then, he's a pretty straight shooter. And he said, look, I'm going to muck around with a bloody pig here, a stinking bloody pig here. That's been, you know. And Cole said, well, a, a fox would have pulled it away or taken. I said, Cole, it, was, it would have been too soft. If anything would have pulled it away, it would have pulled the water over. If anything would have would have any any other dog or anything would have knocked the water out of there it would have been tracks. It would have been they'd, they'd have chewed it and taken off. They wouldn't have taken the whole thing off.
3: The, the tub that you boiled the head in, um, that was, was still there. there? And still upright. Empty. empty.
5: And still upright, empty.
3: Did it have the, the liquid in it still as well? Or, or still had
5: the liquid in it.
3: And there were no tracks around
5: Nothing. How bizarre. There was nothing around it. And I boiled this thing, and I must have been cooking there all night. So you can imagine what the smell would have been going right through the valleys <laughs> and different things up in the back of Mudgee, yeah. right? That, that, would have, that would have wafted for miles. You know what I mean? Like, And, and I get out there, and it's all gone. I, I looked around the paddocks. I, I looked around the, the house. I looked around everywhere that I could walk down the bottom dam. I looked around. I was everywhere thinking, the dogs never barked all night. The dogs never did a thing.
3: That's what I was going to ask you. So there was no reaction from the dogs all night either.
5: Nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. Normally they go berserk. I mean, they went berserk there one time, and Cole went out there, and there was a dingo.
3: That's really, really odd. And there, and there were no. Was there any way that another person could have got gotten in there, and not for whatever reason? I mean, why? Why anyone would want to. Sloppy boiled up pig's head. I I don't know. But, uh. Well, you
5: try and you try and pick it out. You try and pick out something that's. Say you go and boil a bit of corned beef. All right. So you you boil that for four hours, right, on your stove. But if you boil that for twenty hours, and you try and pick it up,
3: it's just all slop.
5: It's just all slop.
3: Yeah, and the tusks weren't there either.
5: No, I got the tusks out.
3: Oh, you got the that, tusks p- out.
5: Yeah, and it was just there for the cooling for the dogs oh, for the next right.
3: day.
5: Got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So once I got you know. And then I was going to get, discard the the meat, go and dump it, just tip the water out, and and in the in their bowls, and then throw it on the back of the car, take it up the back of the property, and just mm. throw, throw it away.
3: Why wouldn't you give uh, just out of just slightly off topic, but why wouldn't you give the dogs the meat that was left that was cooked there?
5: Don't know, don't know. I, don't, I didn't ask. Yeah, uh, you know they're they you know they're all got their uh, little funny quirks and stuff like that. Yeah. I guess. It might turn them into liking pigs and would chase, take them into chasing pigs rather than looking after stock.
3: Yeah, fair enough. Yep, that makes sense.
5: You know, it's yep. like when you get a dog that kills chickens, he just loves killing chickens after that. That's why you've got to shoot him. you know?
3: Yeah, okay. Yep.
5: You know, it's pretty sad, but that's what they do. Yeah. You know? yeah, well.
3: and, and, <laughs> and so your your mate, how long ago was that? When was that?
5: Oh, that would have been back, oh, goodness me, uh, 10, 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Easy. Do you still go there? No, I don't. I haven't been up there for ages and ages. For years now. No, but I haven't been up there for about 15 years now. Do you go
3: out bush much?
5: Oh, I've got family out there. Last time I went out was my dad's funeral, and that was a baradine. Um, but no, not not really. No. But I, but I, but I am. I look, you know, once this COVID's over and stuff, we're going to go and do some fishing down and we're again. Going to go back and do some fishing and camping again, sure. Yeah. But we've camped right through those places. We've right through the Pilliga. We've driven there every night time is spotlighted. You know. But on on, on this place at Mudgie, uh, this these these places at Mudgie, um, it, it's eerier than than the Pilliga. <laughs> I'm telling you. Really. Yeah, some of these. Yeah. Some of these places you just go into them and you think yourself like. Uh, like, I, I feel uncomfortable, I should not be here. Yeah. Have you ever been there in a place like that and gone, um, something's happened here or yep. Yep. Or, or something and if something isn't right here?
3: Absolutely. Whether,
5: you know, and, and you just get out of there, you know what I mean? And
3: are you talking so about, those, so Mudgee, are you talking about all the area around there or that particular town? or?
5: Yeah, I've got my uncle. You know, he's oh, got but, a farm up the back of tari. He doesn't believe in him.
3: He doesn't. No, no, not not the younger
5: one, but yeah, you know, the, the other one does. Oh, Taree, um,
3: we've had sightings in Taree as well.
5: Yeah, a- yeah. That, that,
3: Australian that... Yowie research have got reported yeah. sightings from Taree. Yeah,
5: yeah. So you can ask Dean that if you talk to him. Just ask him, like, do you reckon they will possibly do that? As far as actually hide their their, their kill, or uh, that
3: is that that particular the hit. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just making notes too. Um,
5: My uncle was um, also. He he was a. Uh, um, a sleeper cutter and, and was for years and I when I was up to um he, he was up in um Doolgandra anyway last time I was talking to him about it uh, he said you know I've set up jokes and different things put claw marks in trees up high and you know shot a shot a waddleby and hung it over the thing and you know the, the other blokes that come in and to cut sleepers go holy hell you know it's a yeah but you know just to just to get things going but he said he said oh, he said I walked into this uh place looking for new timber he said um and there's this bush called wait a while and it, it's, it's oh, like yeah. um, yep. like sandpaper mm-hmm. you know what i mean you run through it just rips the skin off yeah i've heard of it yeah so anyway, you walk your eyes through there gently he said he said I, I got to this spot and i always take my dog with me and he said um this whole bush started shaking the whole he said that's whole wait a while bush started shaking and making this grunting sort of noise like and he said i thought it was a big old bull pig he said, it scared the living shit out of me, he said, the daylight's out of me. He said, uh, the dog took off. He said, I could hear this thing going down through the, through the scrub. He said, I could hear it going, the dog barking. He said, from that day on, I drove the tractor through, things like that. I never walked again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. It must have put the wind off him, certainly, then. <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah, it did. But um, on, a, uh, on another subject, um, apart from that is, um, I was probably about 10 or 11, and I saw a UFO in the daytime.
3: Oh, did you? Oh, I saw, wow. Yeah. Tell me about absolutely.
5: that. Um, well, we moved from out to the um, out from the farm. We moved into the to town. It was easy for school, et cetera. So we moved next to um, the local swimming pool, and I had those big um, fences that sort of went up, and they bent over the barbed wire so people couldn't get over overnight, you know? Mm, yep. Anyway, mate and I my brother we were camping out in the tent. We had a little camp out tent. It was you know, summertime, obviously, in the backyard there. And we're camping out, and in the morning, daybreak, I got up and I just happened to catch this object, and it was coming up from the from the creek at Baradine, and it was coming up, and uh, um, it, it sort of hovered, and, and as it was coming up, what got my attention was one blue light would be on the bottom, light would go light blue, light pink, light blue, light pink as it's going up, right, mm-hmm. and and and, I, and I'm talking, oh, look. I could describe I'll, I'll I'll do a drawing and I'll I'll send it to you. Yeah, that'd All be right? fantastic.
3: I'd love you to.
5: Okay. Yeah. And and as it's going up it was so low and as it's going up from the creek it's going up going up so I stepped back so I could get a better view because the the actual wire with the I forget what sort of wire it is but it's um it, it's kept stopped getting seeing my view so I stepped back to have a look through the top of the wire and it must have spotted me move because it went from this beautiful sort of saucer shape to a long cigar shape, black long cigar shape, and just disappeared, just changed right in front of me to a, a long cigar, dark shape, bang, gone.
3: How how far above you was it, do you think?
5: How far? Mm. I reckon 50 metres. I reckon half the length of half a football field, yeah, because I I time you know, and that's close. By the time you come back and you look mm. up and, really and you close. can see everything. Yeah, and you could see everything from there. When I step back, you could just see everything just just go long black, boom, gone.
3: What color was it? So when you first it was noted, metallic. It was a metallic, sil- yeah. silvery metallic,
5: silver disc with a little disc on top.
3: Okay, and and with
5: with and un- pink, under, blue underneath it,
3: under lights underneath.
5: Yeah, yeah, like fluorescent lights, bent, curved around each side. There was only four. There was two pink either side, and every time the pink ones went on, blue ones went off. So it just Went pink, blue, pink, blue, pink, blue. Okay. But not fast, just pink, blue as it's going up. As it's just going up. It's okay. it's going up. And as soon as I stepped back to have a look, I reckon if I'd have stayed there, I could have watched it transform. But this thing just went bang, just went so long and dark and then disappeared.
3: So it actually changed shape. It lost the, the domey bit at the top?
5: Yeah, it just changed shape straight away. Just went to a, a real thin cigar, dark. And then disappeared? Dis- disappeared in front of my eyes.
3: Did you see it? You didn't see it move off anywhere? It just...
5: Just disappeared. <laughs> must have moved that fast for my eyesight. I don't know. As a kid, I bolted inside, jumped in bed with my mum. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
3: blame you. <laughs> <me. laughs>
5: oh, scared the hell out of me. Yeah, she, she yeah. always remembers that.
3: Yeah, right. And you told your mum when when you came running?
5: Yeah. In. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this was... Yeah, this was... Um, you know, people say, oh, yeah, you're watching too much Lost in Space and stuff like that. But I, I never even... We never even considered things like that. We even thought about things like that as kids. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a different era. You know, I mean, we were cowboys and Indians. <laughs>
3: That's right. You know? <laughs>
5: yeah. Well, that, that was us. But, but as far as... And have yeah, and have, as far have as you
3: as, seen one ever since then or is that the only time?
5: No, I've seen another. I reckon I've seen one out the backyard here because uh, I live on a lake on the central coast. And um, when my granddaughter was young, she was uh, probably three. Um, we're at the back and we're feeding the ducks. And, and I looked up and there was a cloud. It was a pretty sort of cloudy afternoon. And there was a sort of an out shape of the cloud. And then right in halfway around it, there was a disc. It was just just sort of just going into it, just going into the cloud. Nice. <laughs> I picked her up and bolted inside. Oh, yeah, and I just had a look yeah. And I, and I thought, wow, look at that. Yeah, that's really neither here or there, you know. It could have been anything. But but that particular one I saw when I was a kid, that was, um, you know, to get I'll, – I'll go inside in a minute. I'll do a drawing. I'll send it to you on your phone number. Oh, can't?
3: I would love you too. That would be fantastic. <laughs> that would be oh. great. And so when, when, when it turned into that cigar shape, what happened to
2: the lights?
5: No, it just disappeared. Like the it whole just thing just went – the whole thing just went from a beautiful, like saucer-shaped thing going up with those lights on it and just went straight down to a cigar shape, black, black. And then yeah, gong. like a black. They're gone.
3: And it was middle gong. of the day.
5: It was morning. morning. It was morning. It wasn't middle of the day. It was morning. It was it was coming up like it, it, the, the, it was daybreak, but it was still bright enough, early enough, to see everything. You could see the, the, the like the sun was just flickering off the metallic, um, and 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 the lights. We never seen nothing like that as a kid. I had no idea what that is. Yeah. You know, we had no idea. You know, we'd never seen pink or blue fluorescent tubes anywhere. We never had colour TV. No, no
3: you know I, I, mean? bro- <laughs> I remember those <laughs> days too.
5: <laughs> yeah. so, you know, so how can you say you know? I saw this as a kid, like no,
3: yeah, didn't have anything to to compare it to. Nothing. Yeah.
5: Well, nothing.
3: that's fascinating, Bruce. Thank you so much. Have you got any other little nuggets of stories in there in your mind?
5: <laughs> no, nothing at all. Look, I saw a couple of things uh, in the sky coming home from work. The other one time, but that was um, that was only sort of two lights falling down.
3: Uh-huh.
5: That was next to each other, like bright stars that were falling down. I said, to "My work mate!" I said, "Check out this." And he said, "Oh, it's probably just a, the um airplane." And right at the back of them, you could see an airplane going across, like a like a, um, a, a an airliner. Down right. across it, so th- that could have been space to brew any coming down straight like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's an answerable. It could be anything. Could
3: been anything. Although, you know, I, late lately, I there seems to be I seem to be coming into contact with a lot of people who are interested in UFOs, and there seems to be a lot of activity uh, at the moment. Uh, people who watch the sky religiously and 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 actually research them. There's there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment. I'm not really, quite, really well, sure what is going on, but there seems to be a lot of UFOs at the moment.
5: Well, well, as you know, Sarah, once you get out of the city system, get right away from those bright lights, and you get out of the bush, and you can see the world. I mean, yeah. it's, on those dark nights, it's so clear, and it's everything lights up. If there's something out there to see, there, you'll see it. I mean, you can pick out you can pick out the the uh, satellites going past if you know the system or what they look for. Mm-hmm. But, but when you get around that 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 when they start moving quickly or changing direction that's not a satellite Well that's about it mate
3: Thank you so yeah. much Bruce.
5: Thank you Sarah look um, if I think of anything else or if I'm talking to any of the uncles or any got that in the bush or whatever it is I'll, I'll, I'll definitely get back to you OK? I
3: would love you to. that would be absolutely awesome You're listening to 94.9 Main FM. Remember, you're all welcome to contact me if you've had a Yowie encounter or you've had any other strange, freaky experiences. Get in touch with me via yaoicentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group if you have a story to share. That's all we've got time for this week, my friends. Yowie Central will be back next week Same time, same place on 94.9 Main FM. I'll catch you next week. Taking you out with Parry Grip.
1: In the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch can't see under the darkness behind Young thing, better hide the glint of your diamond ring Your fancy jacket won't be worth a dime When you're sucking the blood right out of your spine Hear and cry
2: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. shopify.com work.
0: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free